Welcome to the weekly review on this cold December evening. But we're we're very very warm. We've got warm hearts, and that's what we're going to be thinking about tonight. We're going to be thinking about how important is your heart to you. You know, if you've got a stony heart, what kind of person will you turn out to be? Or maybe we're going to talk about broken hearts. We're going to talk about open hearts. We're going to talk about soft hearts. We're going to talk maybe even at some point about romantic hearts. Who knows? Certainly if Ian is in the right frame of mind tonight, I think he may very well start doing that. But a huge welcome to everyone tonight and welcome to uh, Laura Dagen, who's joining us as our usual panellist. Hello. And the better half of James Cuthcart is here tonight. No, it's not James Cuthcart in drag. It is Lily Cuthcart. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Lily has been our writer this week, and we're looking forward to Lily contributing to uh, our, our show tonight. And I'm told that they might hot seat, depends on whether Matilda is happy with James, but if she's not, I'm afraid Mother Lily will have to go and <laughs> attend to, to uh, Matilda. But uh, meanwhile, we're, we're all together. This is our group tonight, and we're going to have a great time together. And behind the scenes on the technical work, is Ray Manger. And again, thank you to Ray for being with us tonight. So, what kind of week have you had, Laura? Um, it's been quite busy. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Um, it's been, uh, I've, I've had early morning starts because we have been continuing our prayers in the morning, um, which on live on Sanctuary First, that's been really really joyful. These have been very good on, on Facebook, haven't they? Been great. Yes, aha, uh -huh, yes, and uh, and, uh, and uh, it's it's so lovely. I said it last week, and I, and I feel it even more. My heart gets bigger, actually, each day, you know, kind of coming in with our community um, and just starting the day off. You know, I feel like I'm and, and seeing, you know, regular, regular, you know, friends come in. You know, this is how I feel now. It's uh, it's just, it's really beautiful. I know really you've beautiful. got me having to get up at seven in the morning because I feel as though I can't let you down, you know. <laughs> After all, I'm, I'm the minister of Sanctuary First. <laughs> if I'm not prepared to get up and pray at seven in the morning, why should anybody else? <laughs> Uh, no, it's no, just a but, good discipline actually well it's great you know Laura your prayers have been quite meaningful hey, this week really really beautiful and how you've just been praying about people this week who have just had so much difficulties and you've trying to talk about the heart and the broken hearts and the sad hearts and the, the people who are imprisoned and you've been covering a whole lot of areas in your prayers Yes, uh huh. Yeah, because um, I've been I've been very mindful of um, you know, the situations that a lot of people are in just now, mm -hmm. and that's um, I feel that the Lord has you know guided me, you know, this this week. Yeah, great. And we've got Ian with us tonight. Ian, Ian's been testing his mic because he's <laughs> been having a bit technical troubles tonight. But it's just as well you've got a studio in your house, you can just change mics over. Chop and change. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we're nothing. We're nothing. By that. Well, thank you, Albert. We're nothing if not resilient here. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you on on tonight, Ian. What kind of week have you had? I'd, I ha I spent, um, I'd, I thought the COVID had come for me. Um, oh, no. This week. I mean, genuinely, I did. Um, 
I was on call on Saturday and in the middle of like two o'clock on Sunday morning, I started to get the worst, literally the worst diarrhea of my life. Uh, I mean, I'm going to oh, just, no. that's right. Oh, I'm just, just going to put this out in the airwaves. It was awful. And I thought, oh my God, that's, you know, seriously terrible. But I had to go and do my work and that was fine. And well, it wasn't fine. It was difficult. But, and then I started to get really sick on the Sunday. So I thought, well, I've got a DNV bug, you know, as you do. It's the time, it's tis the season to be jolly and tis also the season to get food poisoning. And I thought, right, okay, well, just got a bit of food poisoning. And that continued on all the way through Sunday. And through Sunday, I felt gradually worse. Monday dawned. And at four o'clock on Monday morning, I thought I was getting better. But by seven o'clock on Monday morning, I literally thought I was going to die. Um, I was just so ill. I couldn't breathe. I had tightness in my chest. Um, and um, Joanne took all my observations and they were really didn't look good. And at that point, I thought, uh oh, COVID's come for me, man. This is it. Game over. Um, and uh, Anyway, because Joanne's a nurse and and obviously a very caring and sympathetic person, uh, she simply said, take more fluid and man up. Um, (laughs) 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 That's what I did. She's shouting for the next room. I did not, but she did. Um, (laughs) So I kind of got on with it. And uh, luckily, as the week went on, I got just a bit better every day, but just a bit better every day. Um, and I was wiped out. And the nurses very kindly came out because I, I, I couldn't move from the house. Um, and they took a, a COVID test and it came back negative. And I was really, really surprised given how I had presented, as we doctors call clinically. Clinically, I would have just I'd have put me down for COVID 100%. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the test came back negative and I thought, right, okay, um, it can't be that. Um, and then I was a bit better yesterday and a lot better today. And uh, But I haven't really moved much from the house because I'm just a wee bit wary that it, there, there can be what are called false negatives and I would rather not be one of those. Um, so um, uh, today is my last day of kind of, right, you know, I've done, I've done my bit, I've done my stint. Um, you know, I was probably getting unwell about two days before and or three days before. That's me. Um, and, and I was negative anyway. So that's kind of where I am. It's been a bit of a learning curve. Oh, it, was a bit, it was a bit worrying on Monday morning, I have to say. And Monday morning, I thought, mm, this isn't looking good for me. But um, but it did. It got better. And, you know, so what? That was good. See, you should have probably joined... Laura's seven o'clock. I noticed that you said seven o'clock. You, you meant weird, that, huh? <laughs> you mentioned that time. Seven o'clock. <laughs> you see? That's weird. You should have been on the Facebook at seven o'clock. You didn't need to put on the video screen or anything like that. We didn't need to see you. Yeah. You should have had it on for the prayer, for yeah. Laura's prayer. I know, and it, and, it, and it wouldn't have happened. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened. But you know what? You would have been ready in case the Lord was calling you home, Timison. You, you know could what? have got a lot of stuff off your chest. I could have. Weird. Actually, do you know what? I think you're right. You know. And you know, Lily. Have... I wonder what. Just it's interesting to see. What was Lily's? What was Lily's talk? What was Lily's prayer on Monday? 
Can you oh, think about what was I, it about? Yeah, I, I think I've got it. Hang on a wee second. Wait, 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 if this prayer um, would have been of help to you in your time of need on, on Monday. <laughs> it was genuinely terrible. It was just awful. What was Monday's date? Was that the 6th? No, it wasn't. It was 7th. 7th. Oh, create with in me a clean heart. Well, oh yes, yeah. You were getting a clean heart <laughs> being created, or didn't you? And we didn't mind. You were getting cleared out. <laughs> that would be about the only bit of me that was clean. Do you know? Here's an interesting thing about all this. Since we're on this kind of talk, do you know? <laughs> do you know that when it said now whether it's true or not, it said that when Martin Luther understood justification by faith alone. He was sitting on the loo and he was constipated. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, when he realized that he was saved by grace. He was cleansed. He, was, he, said, he said he was released of, of his constipation. Oh, dear. <laughs> his bowels moved. He said his bowels moved within him. Can, can I just apologise for all to all the viewers of the podcast? Right, I, I honestly didn't quite mean for this to go. Right, this is all my fault. I'm really sorry. Um, just kind of came out. Can I just say this has got there is elements of this is tied in this. There's this is I'm not just making this up. Mm-hmm. This is this is within the history books. You can mm-hmm. discover it, Lily. When you were writing all this, you didn't think that you would end up in a conversation like Welcome, Lily, to this, <laughs> uh, your first podcast with us in Sanctuary First. Thank you. Welcome. No, I, I suppose I didn't think it would be, uh, would be like this. <laughs> <laughs> you see, James, when he's here, James pulls us back. He does. You know, he's the moderating, moderating influence. But what you've got tonight oh. is you've got Dagen, Bogle and Jimison. <laughs> Unleashed. Released from from James, who holds us together. <laughs> oh dear! Oh my back, James, always forgiven. <laughs> you know, I say, I think this theme about the open heart is such an, a, a powerful idea and, and theme. And talking about opening up Christmas has been, you know, last week we were talking about prophecy, and I thought Jane Dennison made a great contribution last week, and it's a really good time with the with Daniel on, on last week. But this week, talking about our hearts, how do we, how did you feel about tackling that subject, Lily, this week? Um, I think, to be honest, I, I tried not to overthink it. Um, and I, I, was, I was saying earlier, I, um, <laughs> I, I wrote quite a lot of it at uh, a very silly hour of the morning um, because, you know, I was putting a baby to bed and she doesn't really like going to bed. Um, so a lot of it was written, uh, one handed, um, trying not to wake a baby. And, you know, you just kind of have to speak ironically from the heart at that point, because, you know, at certain times you don't really have much else to go with. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're exhausted and you've only got one arm and you can't feel your fingers on the other one and, and yeah, you just, I just kind of spoke from where I was and where my heart was and hopefully, you know, God did a bit of speaking through me in some way or another. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just, you know, you can get, I, I like to write stuff anyway, and you can get kind of tongue-tied and 
and blocked up if ironically are blocked up if you um if you try to to overthink it so you know i i quite often just go okay where am i at with this what what comes out and then work from there can i just read this if you're a listener on, on the podcast can i just read this to you this is from psalm 51 and this is a famous psalm where where david is seen to have been thinking back on his his past life and it's thought that he was he was aware of his, um, you know, David had, had created a, a very difficult situation in, in that he had, he had set up his chief of, you might say his chief of Uriah, <coughs> one of his generals to lead the army <coughs> in order that he'd be killed, in order that he could continue to have an affair with his wife, with, the, with Uriah's wife. And, and, it's, and then he, he ends up, confessing that and being very guilty about it. So this verse is, create within me a clean heart O God and put a new and right spirit within me. And then you write, Lily, how clean is my heart, God? Is it blackened with cruel things I thought to do and shriveled by cruel things people have said? Is it broken by anger and grief, cracked by doubt and uncertainty? crawling with jealousy and pride? Has it been stolen by misplaced love and admiration, by things I wanted and couldn't have? Do I have a heart at all, God? Wait, I think I see it. It's that small thing in the corner of my chest, bruised but beating. It may be charred, but it is colourful too, a different colour for every good word I have ever spoken heard. I didn't know such colours existed. Here it is strewn to get sewn together by encouragement and they are knitted together by acts of love. I can see a golden line of faith branching into the, a tree, the leaves waving as my heart beats on. And here, oh, I can hardly believe it. It must be and it must be true, despite everything, the door is still open. God of my heart, thank you that you hold it in your hands, no matter how it looks and feels, no matter how unclean parts of it are. Help me to tip the balance of my heart towards the good, faithful and true parts of me. As we approach Christmas, in this time of worry and loneliness, keep my heart's door open. Help me to fling it wide to you. Amen. I just thought that was quite a wonderful uh, piece of writing, but also um, touching where many of us are. Yeah. I know it really, um, that that one, um, it made me really emotional, actually, whenever I read that. That one, I had, I was really, um, when I read it, I was crying because it just really you know, just really spoke into me. Mm-hmm. And I think it spoke into a lot of people because this one was one that got a lot of shares. Um, you know, I think it really, this one really connected with people so much. Oh, and I just loved it. I just loved the language in it and the honesty and, and the imagery as well. You know, the imagery was, is just so beautiful. And, I, and, and actually I could hear like a kind of melody 
Uh, I don't know if you could as well, Ian. I found that seeing the second part of it, I felt as if I could hear a melody coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's beautiful. I, I think for me it was almost like um, the beating of the heart. You see, the, the way I read it was... Um, I mean, I, I loved it as well, by the way. I would just want to put that right out there immediately. Um, the, the thing that I liked most about it was the way that it's so often how we see ourselves when we first think about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, particularly if we're people who question ourselves and want to try and live a good life. Um, and we question all the bad stuff that, that we've done, the bad things we think and all that. And then we, be, we begin to realise as as... God speaks to us as we start to centre in God, just how wonderful and wonderfully made and fearfully made we actually are. Um, And that's how that spoke to me. And that's when the music began to swell up, if you you will, because suddenly I could, you know, you could see this thing which was golden and wonderful and eternal. Um, So that that was how I saw it. I saw it as... (laughs) I, I, I don't know if that's how you felt while you were writing it, but that, as a reader, is how I felt when I was reading it. I felt that you were taking me on this journey, um, and it was a journey that I've discovered, and I think many, many people um, have discovered. But do you know the thing about it that I loved the most? And I am just loved it the most was, um, <laughs> as we approach Christmas at this time of worry and loneliness keep my heart's door open help me to fling it wide to you see that fling it wide now fling it wide it isn't just open the door right Mm -hmm. it's not just open at a crack it's (laughs) fling it wide and that to me was extremely powerful because i thought you know that's exactly what um you know where where the holy spirit is It's, it's not about you know, sometimes it's not about wee things. It's about big things. Fling it wide. Brilliant. Love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, for me, this golden thread or this golden line on the tree reminded me of our family trees mm. and the lines of faith that's passed down to us. You know, that um, we, we, we don't, we seldom ever encounter faith in a vacuum, but it's something that you know, over the years, the number of people that I've spoken to and they tell me, well, it's my granny or my, you know, or, my, or somebody in their family who had influenced them and they remembered about this person. And that's the, <clears throat> the line of faith. Something's been passed on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago in that we, the, the, the weekly message about the repair shop. And about how people seem to be bringing in, in there's a there's a program on the telly called the repair shop, but people who bring the things to be repaired, they're always usually heirlooms or something that reminds them of a grandfather or a mother or a father, and they want to keep that connection with them. And it's almost as though people we need to be able to keep these connections in our lives, and uh, this golden line of faith is just uh, which came to me out of that so mm. 
Yeah. But see that repair shop thing though, that I mean the, the prayer the next day, um, you know, from Ezekiel, a new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now that of itself is an incredibly powerful piece of scripture. But what Lily writes is about how it takes years and years of battering and disappointment and hurt and folk letting us down and mm. you know to to build up bits of our heart that kind of turn to stone that that bit that says Do you know i'm not going to be hurt again and that's not going to hurt that's not going to happen to me again i mean i've and i've definitely been there in my life where mm -hmm. i thought Do you know what man i've i'm done with being hurt you know then it's not going to be me the next time you know particularly mm. you know when it when i was younger and i, I remember being that being that guy but th there, there's this wonderful thing about you know god kind of performing the the open heart surgery and it's not just again it's it's not just chipping away at it it might take years and years and years to build up all that stuff all that stuff in your heart but god comes along and he takes it away just like that boom yeah. done you know and then you're vulnerable again the vulnerable scary mm, vulnerable is a choice that's scary. That's a scary place to be because then you can be hurt again, and and who knows? And then there's uncertainty. Um, but we create around us with a stone heart the illusion of certainty, mm -hmm. the illusion that somehow stone is stronger than something malleable. F speaking in terms of pure physics, what a load of absolute nonsense! <laughs> that is completely not true. You know, it's just, it's not even true in physics. Um, at the end of the day, bendier things happen to tend to be a bit stronger than, than stone. Um, but it, I, I just, I love that, you know, just boom, and it's gone. But it's scary. Um, but I think once it's gone and you've got a fleshy, malleable heart, it can beat again. When it's stone, it doesn't really beat properly at all. Yeah, just kind of a deep sitting in a cave somewhere. <laughs> yeah, mm. absolutely. Just it's it's not it, it's not in a good place. It's not in a natural place. Mm. Um, I, I loved that. Um, what was the prayer that day? It was brilliant. It was a God of openness. You know the origin of each stony layer in my heart. Help me to forget them one by one and accept the open heart that you offer. Strengthen and renew my spirit to search for places where my open hearted self can be your heart too. I love that. That was great. I think it was great. Absolutely. And there what was, was so great about it? kind of quality about it. You know, it was as if it was like a, a it, there was this, you know, it was like a psalm itself because it's this, there's that, that challenge in there, you know, that challenge to God and this you know laying bare like you know like your frustrations and that you know because that that I'm offended really jumps out you know and, yes. and the mm -hmm. you know and the structure you know that just really stands <laughs> out well the thing is when I wrote that bit I was like I am I'm like you know God's big enough to take this I think like I can be offended for a second you know I think God can take that but yeah. but yeah I was sitting there like hey you know, I worked on this. It's mine. Get off. And it kind of, you know, I suppose as I was writing it, I went through the process that you see of me going, mm, okay, no, no, I do get it. I do. No, I admit that. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't be like that in quite that way. But yeah, no, my first reaction was, oi, <laughs> get off. 
my heart. <laughs> but but that's what it is, though, isn't it? Though when when you know when you build up defences, I mean, you you are quite spiky and, and prickly, and you are that you know that person that says, "Look, stay away from me." Mm. Um, you know, danger. Do not pass any further. Yeah. Um, you 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 do it with your behaviour, with how how you are with people. You do it in so many subtle little ways, um, but people get the message, and and I think we forget that actually. Um, people get the message, and they kind of back off a wee bit, um, mm. and that just that what all that does is to reaffirm the negative impression that we have of ourselves, mm. which is so completely. Um, out of whack to what God wants for us, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. God God do wants you, us to be the best us, doesn't he? Do you yeah. think sometimes Yeah. Do you think sometimes we don't realise our heart has become a, a stone? Yes, I, I, I do I do. I, I think sometimes it takes somebody else to um uh either come knocking or for something to happen uh where you suddenly you're confronted by that, I mm -hmm. think, sometimes. But do you know what, God, I, I, I hate, I've said this before on, on here, but privately as well, you know, I'm, I'm always a bit wary of that prayer, you know, God change me into the person that you want me to be, because do you know what, I, that's okay, man, but, but going to just not destroy and blow up my entire life while you're doing it, because seriously, I've been there and done that and bought the t-shirt, yeah. and, and I'd rather you just didn't do that. Having said that, you're always better at the end of it. It's a bit like surgery, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're like, going to not do that, but yeah. yeah, I'm probably better at the end of it. But even so, that there is a natural fear of a being challenged right where you are. And I, I think that's the thing about, that's the thing about God and the thing about faith is it, it challenges you right where you are. It doesn't take nonsense from you. It doesn't mm. take the, how you present yourself to the world, does it? And that's the thing about the heart, it's inside. So the way we are talking about this is, and the way Lily described this was an instant thing, but it took so long for the, 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 the stone to be built around it, but then it instant. But the question I'm asking is, do you think sometimes God chips away at it? Is it different with everyone? It's not just the same, is it, with everyone? I think it's. I think it depends, Albert, how people. I think it's that is the is the willingness to kind of go with the process. You know, I think it gives people. It's and it's exactly as like Ian says as well, because this dismantling and the the transformation and the the, the healing of the heart is painful. You know, like God can take it away in an instant, you know, it can transform you in an instant, but it it's painful. It's painful to have that, you know, <clears throat> all that hurt and anger and, you know, grief mm. and you know, loneliness and pain and isolation just all kind of come away and because it, 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 then you have to, you have to deal with it. And I think with some people, they can only cope with that and smaller you know, kind of drips, mm. you know, so it's like, it's like a wee kind of, it's like an operation, you know, we'll have a small operation. It's like and the difference between, 
old-fashioned surgeons and new ones yes i think i think if that's right you know how they used to be like you know quick in out in with the knives slash it all about and then you come out and miraculously you're better mostly and now it's kind of you know precision and and all the rest of it and it's one of the reasons i put in the in the prayer there about um the each stony layer and forget them one by one because like for some people you know blasting it all away like flinging open the door is is where you're at and and it's that kind of dramatic act that is going to break through everything but for other people exactly like you're saying laura is is you know it needs to be bit by bit because people you know it's maybe going to hurt you know if you rip off something really quick that's been there for a while it's gonna hurt mm. I, I think the other thing as well though <laughs> is that you, you get incredibly um disorientated and mm. and i think sometimes you 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 stop hearing the lesson or the message or accepting the change if it's for some people if it's too rapid mm. um you know it's such a disorientating place to be in when you know your your heart breaks i mean mm. that, that's just a fact when your heart's broken you're all over the place you're well that's like, what i was going to say if we can you're taking us into the next prayer ian because mm. while we're talking about <clears throat> We've been talking about stony hearts and hearts that are being, are being healed. <clears throat> what about the squishy, loving heart that is broken because of grief, because of sadness, because of lost love, because of, of the pain of <clears throat> something, someone who was so close to you that they were part of your identity. Mm. And, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> your heart's broken. And I, I thought you, you, you tried to deal with that in, in, in your prayer uh, about the Lord being near the brokenhearted. I, I, loved, I loved the image there that, you know, God really is near to the brokenhearted right there sitting with us, an almost perceptible hand resting gently on our sobbing shoulders, a strength we can only just register and an invitation to, our, to open our broken heart to God. Um, that that's really quite a powerful image, and I think it's a real image. Mm. But I also think that you know when when something happens where you are broken-hearted or you just you're just not where you thought you were um, with lots of different things. Um, that when it happens to me and it's happened to me i mean i'm old enough now for lots of stuff to have happened to me um when it's happened to me i i actually find it quite difficult to actually function mm. um because I, I i find that i get this kind of sense of almost depersonalization i think you know my world has just blown up and everybody else is just going about their business you know you're doing your mm -hmm. shopping do you not understand my entire world has just literally come to an end yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and it, it, it it's a it, it's a really dangerous place to be when you're somebody who does my job. You have to kind of take take a step back from the front line a little bit at that stage, um, because you're you are definitely not firing on all the cylinders you should be. Because you know, and and I don't care who you are. You can be the most high flying lawyer, doctor, politician in the land. But when something happens that blows up your heart and your sense of who you actually are, um, you ain't going to function in that role terribly well. I think this is such an important thing to be talking about, especially in this group tonight, 
because I think there's, do you not think there's many people at the moment, this heaviness, this broken heart is there for them. Uh, and it's mm. not just <clears throat> relationships, lost loved ones through this terrible pandemic, and then people losing their job, mm. and, and the fear and the worry and all, you know, small traders, people who have worked hard all their life to set up their business, and all of a sudden it's just crumbling around them, and, and, they, and, and they don't know where to turn. And, and I think we in Sanctuary First can in some way, we need to be, as we have these conversations, be a touching place and almost try and what you've been doing in your writing this week, eh, Lily, really beautifully opening up, drawing alongside people and almost like expressing how so many people are feeling. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's been a great, a great ministry this week. And, and I especially want to spend some time tonight, if we can, a conversation about how do, how, how do we cope and how do we help people? And how do friends, people listening in, how do we help our neighbours, our friends, our families, our relatives who are going to be going through these very difficult times? Mm-hmm. For I, me... I, Sorry, go. No, 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 no. Okay. Go ahead. I, 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 I just thought, sorry, go, seriously, go ahead. I had a point to make about the, what you'd written. I was just going to say, like, in, in the same way that, that God does, I suppose, is just be there, you know, for the, in the first instance, you know, be that almost perceptible. Because, you know, if God is almost perceptible in those situations, there may be another human being can be fully perceptible and be that kind of link to God through that mm-hmm. it would be my guess. I mean, I, I'm not by any means an expert. I, I think the other thing is being an, um, a ministry, a kind of presence, you know, because at these times in people's lives, there isn't actually anything that you can say to somebody, you know, to make them feel better, you know, the only thing you can do is is to be present and be there and for them to kind of feel your love and support. Because mm. I think in that, that time, it's about experiencing, because words can seem quite trite and meaningless. And I think people, people themselves, I think, get a bit caught up in like, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? I can't go to them because... You know, I don't have the words to say. There isn't any words to say. You know, so it's just about coming and putting an arm around somebody or just being there or going and making somebody's dinner, you know, or making a cup of tea and just sitting and holding their hand. And that that's, that is it. But to know that I think in these times, that's what people remember, not what you've said, yeah. but... But that you were there. Mm. People you know? don't. People don't even remember what you say anyway. To be honest, most <laughs> of the time. I mean, that that that's the hard truth. Actually, people will only remember about thirty. 20% of what you actually say to them. Um, what they will remember is the tone of your voice and who you were at that point. Um, and and you know, practical things are as you say, be present, but really be present. And I think that's that's important. Mm. You know, it's it's not just enough just to 
you know, pop round this, plonk yourself down and make a cup of tea and then think, you know, I need to get out of here, I've got a meeting in two hours, right? Seriously, that's not being present. That mm. That's, I need to fit this in because I, I feel I need to do it. Uh, it's much better to pop round and say, you know, how are you getting on? Um, how are you? And, and being honest with people about what you think about them. There's nothing wrong with, in Scotland, we are terrible at this, but you sometimes just need to tell people what they mean to you and how you feel about them. Mm -hmm. Because generally that's going to be a positive thing. Generally you're going to tell them something about themselves they didn't know. That There is one thing about the, the broken-heartedness that spoke specifically to me and if you don't mind that, I'm going to read the, another prayer if that's all right. And it's a, prayer, it's a prayer that you wrote in that day because um, when I've had issues with being brokenhearted or uh, disappointed or worried beyond all belief about things that are happening, um, I often get that feeling of I just don't have anything to say. I think it's because I'm a singer. And, and I'm a songwriter and stuff. I think I'm, I'm always projecting out, um, but I feel as if there's a hand in my mouth. Um, and actually that hand extends, I think, when, I, when it's my heart that's affected in there. I, I don't feel as if I, I can do it. I'm paralyzed, right? So what, you're, what the prayer is this, and I found this so helpful. God of broken hearts, hold us through our despair and our tears Teach us to unlock the bolts on our heart and uncurl the fist squeezing our spirit. Prompt us to open up our hearts to your love and light in the world. Amen. Now that's powerful stuff, man. Because that's exactly what healing is. It's mm -hmm. that uncurling. I am always saying to tra <clears throat> trainees and people, about how people will just unfurl themselves in front, you know, before you in front of you to allow you to help them. Mm. But you need to let them do that sometimes. They'll do it in their own time. Some people it's different, but most folk, it's just let them be them. Um, it's it's relational. It's very important. Mm -hmm. Julian, what you're saying is true, but sometimes we don't want people to do that because we don't we don't, we don't want to cope with what they're going to tell us. And that's yeah. why, again, people, oh, I, I don't want to hear this. Mm. And, and that's, again, if we are like that, then we need to look at our own hearts and our own lives. And maybe we need to take a step back and look into ourselves tonight. So if you're not brokenhearted, but if you're the person who struggles and says, I really don't want to do that, Maybe, maybe you need to be able to do that at some point for someone. No, I, I think absolutely. I think absolutely you do because that is a bit of stone that you've built up if you're not like that because human beings weren't meant to be like that. We were mm. meant to be tactile creatures that were together and in each other's company. Um, yeah, that's kind of how we were made. Um, and unfortunately, this blooming pandemic came along and made us kind of sit in our caves for a bit on our own. Um, but, the, but nevertheless, it still remains true that you can touch people through, a, you know, a word or what you say to them or how you say it mm -hmm. um, over, the, over 
something like this, you know? It's interesting, Ian, with you saying that about us being stuck in our caves. It just made me think about um, about open-heartedness and about how so many people's hearts will have probably closed over or rock, rockied over a little bit during this time and how there's going to be this weird opportunity at the end of all this um, because obviously, you know, it's not going to end in a wanna. You know, it's going to take a while and people are going to have forgotten so much about how to be together. And isn't this a really weird opportunity to to remember how to do it differently, if that makes any sense? It makes perfect sense. It, 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 it is a chance to reflect. Um, it's a chance to reflect on how you've been and also to remember how blooming precious that contact and that, you know, that, that charity if I could call it that, is. Because do you know something? I actually have caught myself. Now, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a, like, true extrovert, you know, and I need people, and I need to be able to, like, touch people and feel their energy and all that. But in this time, I have found myself hardening. You know, mm. I, I've actually felt it, yeah. you know, and, and I have had to constantly pray you know, please God, you know, take this away from me, you know, keep me, keep me, keep me soft, you know, keep me soft so that, you know, because, and so, because I don't want that kind of any cynicism, you know, to enter me, mm -hmm. but being, you know, isolated and away from people and it's so easy for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, and and you feel it within your body, you know, because like that prayer that, that Ian read out there, you know, that say, you know, like unlock the bolts of our hearts and uncurl the fists squeezing, you know, it, I, I find that, you know, it's in my body that I become rigid as well. Mm. So it's like... But, but Laura, that's your defences because this has and is really affecting you. That's what that is. That's not you becoming hard, because every inch of you that I've ever seen online, which would actually be every inch of you I've ever seen, um, that sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> um, but, but, do you know, every, every part of you screams that openness and generosity of spirit and softness and kindness and all of that. It's just you. And that's what comes across in everything you say and do and how you move and, and how you react and everything, right? But sometimes what we do is we kind of kid ourselves on that we're becoming harder because we don't really want to feel the hurt. We want to say to ourselves, do you know what, I'm hard because I don't want to feel the hurt. Well, the news is that you are actually feeling the hurt. You're just putting it in a place where it's just going to live for a wee bit and then it's going to come along and it's going to come and get you. So maybe better just to accept it and, um, you know, pray about that and, you know, and, and hear these good words. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> thinking about all this, uh, the next part of, of the readings this week was that how we can misjudge people and there's this passage in Samuel where Samuel is told to go and find the Lord's anointed. And how we judge people, we look on the outward appearance, mm -hmm. you know, and we've got, we, 
are we not living in a society where that is the most important? And even some communities and churches and, and, and if you want to be part of a club, whatever it is, you've got to be, drive a certain car, have a certain look about you, you know, all that kind of stuff. We've got all this, you know, and we look at the outward appearance. But yet this passage tells us God looks in the heart. It's a great story, you know, and that whole story of Samuel. It is. Uh, goodness, yeah. I, I don't know if you've been, if, if somebody wants to just tell our readers or our listeners, because there may be somebody listening <clears throat> and they hear the verse, but they don't know what, they, what, what, they, the, what is the backstory. Can you, do somebody want to tell, Lily, do you want to tell us the backstory? I probably am not the best to do it because it was quite late when I did this okay. one. <laughs> Laura, can you give us the backstory? Um, so the, the verse actually that it is, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So this is whenever this is whenever um, Samuel has to he, he, he's away to look and see who will he anoint the next king. king. And uh, and he's and uh, now who's who's the dad again? Jesse. He goes to Jesse. He goes to Jesse. The house of Jesse. And all of these. All the uh, sons are brought before sons, him, and some of them are quite handsome and tall. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like no, no, you've not to pick these not ones. Him. You <laughs> can <laughs> see. That's right. You can see that it's like you know, it's like uh, you know. It's, it's like a fashion show. They're all coming before the old man Samuel. And he's saying, surely that's the guy. Surely that's the guy. No, no. Oh, and, no. And go, no, no. And then there's none left. There's none left. And, 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 and Samuel looks at says to Jesse, have you got anybody else? Is there anybody else? And the, the father says, well, I mean, there's, there's a lad up there looking after the sheep, but surely it's not him. <laughs> We David, they can't be happy. It's we David. We David. It's him. You know, that's the point I was trying to make that story. Is you can just see it. It's, it's, it's there. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many people we have written off or not looked at or thought, you know. <clears throat> These are well, more important people. See, to be honest, Albert, I've, I've lived this story my entire life. Like, you've all seen Joanne in this podcast, right? I'm clearly punching above my weight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and have been for the last 29 years. <laughs> I mean, it's actually outrageous. Um, everybody, I, I mean, to almost without exception, people say a couple of things to Joanne in the surgery. One is, Oh, I didn't think that would be your husband, right? That's the first <laughs> thing they say, right? Well, I didn't think that would be your husband. Another great one is, oh, your dad's a lovely man. Listen, Ian, do stop putting yourself down. I remember you when you were a young, handsome laddie. Even more handsome than Bono. So don't <laughs> come at 
But you know, but, but here's the thing though, Joanne's like a vampire, she's never changed. Oh no, she hasn't <laughs> changed at all. She hasn't changed at all. But that's been because you have you have been good to your wife and you're trying to you've tried to just be the best husband possible. I, do you know I think she would agree with that. I think she would definitely agree with that. Right. But you know, getting back to this idea of of um mis misplacing people and not giving the, the surprise, the, the people who are the surprise in their lives. Because uh, I was thinking, I was um, writing my sermon for this week, so I was, and it was like how the how the religious leaders, you know, missed, you know, the Messiah. You know, the Messiah's amongst them and they don't, you know, as John says, the Messiah's amongst you, you know, but, you know, you don't know it yet. Um, and, and it made me think about, you know, all the people that we do write off, um, um, you know, it's like refugees coming into our country, people that have maybe been doctors or engineers or, you know, really well educated within the, the country they've came from. You know, they've, they've maybe had businesses, but they come here and people write them off. They don't even give them a chance. You know, that people that are maybe, you know, not from a privileged background, again, you know, they're just written off like okay that's just that you know that wee lad if he co-bridge or whatever you know uh, he mm -hmm. didn't go to a good school that kind of thing and we're actually we're not seeing you know we're not always seeing the, the humanity in people we're not we're not giving people their their true dignity and respect and yeah. it's this taking this extra time to get to know people it's the heart but it's the heart of the person isn't it it's not yeah. whether they're well, it's, it's their heart. Because their heart does, the heart changes everything. It absolutely everything. I, 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 this is a kind of mantra of mine. That, you know, if any of my trainees are watching this, and I doubt they are, but if they were, um, they would know this is just a mantra. Never, you know, just never presuppose, never mm -hmm. think that who you're meeting next is who you think you're meeting. Um, the minute you go in with any kind of preconception into a situation, you've lost, you're done. You may as well actually just walk out the door, have a cup of coffee and come back in again. Because at that point, you, you've, you've set yourself down a train of thinking and thought. Um, and and you, you may well write people off. Um, I, 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 I find that personally very, very difficult because a lot of the people I deal with are, are disenfranchised. Um, and you know they are they're looked upon by my profession, unfortunately, as uh, you know, as as people who are maybe not deserving of care, and they're doubted at every single thing they say, um, because you know they have been unfortunate enough to be so open of heart that the world hurts too much, yes. or they've been hurt so much that they then turn to uh, drugs or alcohol, and and then we judge them for that. I mean, seriously, what? what is that actually all about when you think about it? If somebody is so broken that they abuse things to make themselves feel human again, how dare you judge them? You cannot possibly understand why they do that. Mm -hmm. Balanced, normal human beings don't do that. They don't. And, and this, is, this is a thing that, I don't know, I just find it, it's, it's a big thing in my profession across all of the specialities, this kind of writing off of some people because, 
you know, of things that they've done to try and get by, to try and look after their heart. Mm-hmm. Being, may not be what we do, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, but a, the, a way, the, the way thing, yeah. Sorry, Laura. Aye, the prayer as well, you know. Um, wait a minute, where am I? <laughs> uh, you know, oh, I'm now, I've, I keep... God of our thoughts, mind. I've got it here. Uh-huh. God yeah. of our thoughts, you know we think all manner of things before we have time to stop them. Help us to multiply our good thoughts to outnumber those less worthy of us and of you and give us your heart to see the world through open us up to the possibility of admitting we were wrong and that's and that's and you because it, it's the, a prayer that we our hearts have to be owned you know that because to be able to see people for who they really are the way god sees them you know he see who they really are so is then that you know that has give us this open heart that we can that we can do that but that's a, that's a huge blessing Laura I think you know people talk about gifts of the spirit right and they're you know they're about laying on of hands and speaking in tongues and all that jazz and that's fantastic man but see if you've got a really open heart and you believe in people and you'll you'll go you 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 take them and you love them no matter what they do Mm-hmm. See, if you're that person, that's a bigger gift of the Spirit, I think, than an awful mm-hmm. lot of them. Um, or it's certainly up there with them. It might not be bigger, but it's certainly up there with them. So so it's not to offend anybody. Um, Aye. But that, I, think, I think it's a prayer we should all be praying, you know. It's, yeah. you know just to... Which leads us into the next one. But you can see this heart thing. I mean, here we be, we're still talking about it. It's, it's, there's just so much in this whole thing, you know. Um, here, here be treasure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh. a harsh, harsh, harsh. <laughs> where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Oh, this or one is so, but it's so powerful for for actually this whole year, isn't it? And about what's and and as people have, you know, as everything's been happening to us. You know, it is looking for what is actually important in our lives. Mm. What, what do we hold dear? But again, there's this that, you know, I, I, I love the challenge in this as well, Lily. Just, you, you, you realise I love a challenge. <laughs> it's good, it's good. But this, you know, is God, you know, is God people's truest treasure? Mm. You know, is that, is, is, are people putting God first or... Are, are they putting, you know, possessions or what's on the telly and, you know, you know, what, what, are putting that before? And it's so hard as well because, like, I mean, especially at the moment, I mean, in general also, but especially at the moment, like, you kind of cling to the tangible, don't you? Mm-hmm. Or I do anyway, certainly I find myself doing it. And, and it's so hard to focus on something that, you know, God is is in many ways tangible, but in many ways isn't tangible and is, is is so hard to kind of grasp because because there's such a, a bigness and a you know something about god that that is just so hard to kind of you, you can't pin it down really and so actually to cling on to to something that you can't pin down when everything else is uncertain as well can be really hard so actually i think it's like doubly hard at the moment to focus on god as that as that 
ultimate treasure because I, I think if C.S. Lewis was to write the screw tape letters now, this would be <laughs> one of his lessons to to one of his wee demons as uh, you know, get get them on the Facebook. Oh yes. Absolutely or 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 a another social media platform with your yes. <laughs> Um, because we don't endorse anything in Sanctuary First. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with these things, nothing wrong with Netflix, nothing wrong with all that stuff. Actually, we are a little bit of spiritual people under attack because mm -hmm. we're not being able to spend as much um, contact in a physical way with other spiritual people. And oddly, that does seem to make a difference. Yeah. It's, it's the sitting in the room with somebody. It's the, you know, meetings over Skype and stuff like that are very, very time efficient. But they're maybe not quite as rich as they are when you're sitting down face to face. And that's also true of spirituality, yeah. isn't it? Uh -huh. It's the same kind of thing. But we're under attack here because we've got phones, we've got the computers, we've got the television, we've got things that's, that click on our dopamine all the time. We dopamine hits every single time. That's why you keep going back to Facebook, right? That's why you do it. That's why you keep clicking on the next link because you want that next dopamine hit and the next dopamine hit and you don't know you're doing it. And these same people, by the way, who click, click, click on this, that and the next thing are the same ones that will turn around to me and say, oh, see that? They're nothing but a junkie. Really? Sorry, but you're doing the same thing. It's it the same process. Can I, can I take this into another area where I think in the bigger picture with COVID and all that's happened and all the billions and trillions of, of pounds that are being spent out of economy to focus on people and to save lives and to see that lives matter, the challenges, the purpose of our future economy. So... Would it, could it be possible, could it be possible that we could end up, we could see a different kind of economy that was one about sharing with more people? I mean, we've, we've now been given people salaries when they've not been working in order to keep them afloat. But is, is there something here for this whole idea of a living salary for everyone? A basic rate that, 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 that a community gives to people that would, that would then begin to raise people up and, yeah. and could we could we could we consider in the future is anybody is anybody a hundred times more valuable than someone who you know is getting thirty thousand a year it, it's a tough one man because at the end of the day some people who earn a fairly significant sum of money make really, really significant decisions. Do you know what I mean? Like the Prime Minister, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not convinced what, that he should it, earn... Yeah, is it the money? Not, he, he himself, as a human being, like me, myself, a human being, of course he's no more valuable than the next human being. But what society rewards is who's going to take the risk? Because by goodness, if he gets it wrong, man, he's going to know about it. And he's going to be made to suffer for it. And, and people who are decision makers tend to make a little more money than people who are not decision makers. So I, I think I don't have a problem with that. No, neither I'm, neither do I. But I, I would agree. That, but... I would agree with you, Albert, because at a meta level, see at a meta level, if I was given charge of the economy, 
we would all have Apple stuff and we'd go broke. But if I was given charge of the economy, what I would probably do is exactly what you say, level up everybody. Mm. Everybody gets a living wage, right? Everybody gets everything, right? Mm. Uh, That's the end to start of, on, isn't it? You start yeah, at the bottom yeah, bit, get everyone up, start, exactly. and then work everybody out what's happening. Yeah. And, and once you've done that, do you know what? You're going to save money on mental health. Mm. You're going to save money on... Uh, admissions to the NHS. Mm -hmm. You're going to save money all the way downstream. In fact, you're going to save even more money 10 years down the line. It is a false economy to keep people poor. Yeah. It's Absolutely. ridiculous. It's, it's not just immoral, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, again, if we could find ways, this is what I'm hoping and praying, that we could have politicians and people, but also what worries me about all of this too is where your heart is, your treasure is. There is an, the, the danger just now in the world is that we've become protectionist and everybody's looking in on themselves. Yeah. And everybody's, yeah, yeah. everybody's saying, I, I'm guarding mine, I'm guarding my tree. And, and, and I think this is where we have open heart has been lost. And I think this is where, you know, it, this is where prayers needed, you know, and I don't mean that like oh, I mean this sincerely that, you know, that 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 you know, so Christians around the world get behind this and you know actually pray for for governments to change that, but also for for ordinary people, you know, to have open hearts because it's the it's the ordinary people who vote that are that you know they're the ones that are influencing policy because it's what they're wanting that, you know, people are implementing so it's then that they'll get re-elected. So it's like we, we need to be able to, like, influence, you know, you know, ordinary people who then will say, you know what, that's right, we, we need to have this. And then they'll be, like, out, you know, having a having a march, you know, asking for a, you know, a living wage for all, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. I, I, I think Denmark did this actually. They did a, they did think, an experiment, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and countries. Yeah, I've been and, working. There's a yeah. book published about six, trying to remember. I read it uh, about seven or eight years ago, maybe maybe more than that, about equality, and about and it and it, it exactly what you're saying, Ian. It it breaks the, down into all other areas of society, and in actual fact. It, it works. But the yeah. Church of Scotland, we, we, the, when I was moderator, there was a, a report came to the General Assembly about the purpose of economy. Uh, by, and it was, the, the report came written by Professor Munn. Uh, and it was about asking, what is the purpose of economy? Why are we, why do we do it anyway? And it's not to make so many more people richer. You know, it's not to make the, you know, the first... 5,000 people in the world richer than anybody else. But the purpose of economy must surely be to do good within our societies. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I think, I think that's the thing. I mean, when, when, you, when you get up to the likes of your... Um, because, you know, you, you ask people... Um, that I, I, one of the things about Corbyn's campaign the last time, you know, that there was an election, um, was the whole thing about who is the rich... You know, there was the rich. Mm -hmm. And the people who were told that they were rich, they actually didn't feel that rich. Mm -hmm. 
So they thought, hang on a second, but I'm not that rich. No. I don't have two yachts. I don't have two houses in a place in France. You know, I'm just about getting blue and by here. I've got no benefits. I get no nothing for anything. And I pay for everything out of my pocket. I'm certainly not rich. That's what, the, that's what these people thought. And then you had your guys who were on your like three million a year or your four million a year. People like some friends of ours, no, I'm kidding on, but you know, like your, your three million a year, whatever. See, and these guys that, that, these figures don't really matter. These are, that's pocket change. That's a rounding error, that kind of money. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the people that were, that they were the wrong rich is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying there is a right rich or a wrong rich, but I think when you start to earn money that you know you can't spend, why just don't you kind of give it back in some way? I mean, have the choice of who you give it back to and how you do it. I think yeah. that's, that's nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, but that's the privilege. Trust. Yeah, well, but absolutely, but that's the privilege you earn, right? Yeah. That's the privilege you earn. The privilege you earn by being a millionaire, right? If I win the lottery tomorrow, the privilege I earn is that I get to say, right, well, do you know what? I think I'll give the Vine Trust a couple of million quid here. I'm going to give my friend Laura two million to plant a church somewhere. Right, you just knock yourself out, hen. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you some as well, Lily, because you know the way needs fed and all that. Uh, <laughs> Albert's getting nothing. The royalties he's taken off me all these years, not no. <laughs> But you know, we're going to come in right to just close because it's now five past ten. And we always come back with it's just something to to bring challenge, but comfort and engagement to us. What do you think we've gained from this journey tonight? What, what is the message that's been coming over to us from this journey tonight? I think the only treasure is love and to be able to feel love and to be able to give love. I think these things are the greatest privilege in the world. And do you know what? It doesn't cost a single penny. And just that one thing, and that's what God is. God is love. And so to me, um, that, that's the thing. And, and that, that would be my prayer, just dead simple, you know. It's that prayer of, you know, let, let me receive love and let me be able to give love um, and let me live in love. Louis, any comments? Um, just that hearts can open in so many different ways and close in so many different ways. And I think like we've mentioned so many tonight and there's already, you know, that that's only a small fraction of the ways that it can happen, but that there is always the possibility for them to open again, whether it's a big flinging open door and a smashing of rock or whether it's a tiny little chisel chipping away and God holding your shoulder where you can barely notice it. You know, it, there's always a way back. There's always a way to open it up again. Mm. That's what I've got. Laura. Think about being, being vulnerable being open to your feelings, being open to what's in your heart and sharing what's in your heart and just allowing yourself to feel whatever it is, good or bad. Because if you've got the Lord by your side and his arm around you, then, you know, it's okay. It's okay. He'll get you through it. Do you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking there's somebody listening here tonight and the Lord has been looking at all kinds of people being brought before him. He says, no, this is not the one. It's not the one. That's the one. And you're hiding away somewhere behind a screen, whether it's in India or somewhere in America 
or somewhere that I don't know, you're just hiding away and you think, God doesn't know about me. And I've got news for you tonight. God knows about you. And he looks into your heart and he says, I know what you're searching for. And I've heard your prayer. I'm looking at your heart and I can do something with that heart. I just think that's a lovely way to have his end tonight. You know, I'm, I want to, it was something I said on one of the messages a few weeks ago about the labyrinth that we've got. And you can go and have a look at the labyrinth that's, that's up for Christmas. Well worth going. Go to the sanctuary first. And then when you go onto the main site, go to the place where it says resources and themes. Click on resources and themes and you'll see on that page labyrinth. You'll need 20 minutes. And then just go on the journey on the labyrinth. We had that labyrinth set up in a physical place in, in when my, I was minister in Bowness. And I told this story about a young 14, 15 year old girl who came in and walked all around the labyrinth. And with the labyrinth, you had to walk around and go to the manger. And you go, and, and at one point, the station of the labyrinth, you had to stop and write what your gift was that you were taking to Jesus. You know, the wise men were on a journey, they were taking their gifts to Jesus, and you were joining that. And this, and they had to go, and then people would take an envelope and they'd write something, and then put it in the envelope, and then put it in the manger with the with baby Jesus, and then come out again. And then when they come out, they would take some, there would be bread and wine as the way out. You had to move back into the world again, and the bread and the wine was there to sustain you. And this young girl looked at me, and she said, am I allowed to take the bread and the wine? And I remember looking at her and I was, I was pulling her leg a wee bit. I said, it all depends on what you gave Jesus. What did you put in the manger? And you know, she looked at me and she said, I gave him my heart. And I said, well, you know, if somebody gives their heart to Jesus, who am I to tell you you can't take the bread and the wine? And I think that's what it is. It's coming back to that story of Christmas and the journey to the, sta to the stable, to the manger, which you can do now tonight. You can go on to that, that labyrinth and, and go through it. Great way to go to sleep tonight. I, try it. It will take you to sleep, but it will also maybe mend your heart. Wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Lily, for your contribution this week. It's been such a blessing to everyone. Uh, and thank you, Laura, for being with us again. And also to you, Ian, for, for opening your heart as you do so often to us. And it's been such a blessing to everyone. Sunday, I think it's James that's in charge on Sunday for the service. At 6.30. We've been having streaming problems on a Sunday evening. Please give, don't give up on them because we're trying to sort out what it is and we're, we're stripping things back to make it a little simpler to see if we can, we can find out what the bug is that, that's, that's causing the streaming not to work as well as it does it, and it should work. So uh, 6.30 for the service on Sunday. And uh, other things, Laura, that you think people should be aware of? 
Um, if people are, we're doing, we're on Facebook every morning at 7am for just a few short minutes of prayer, but also on Monday evening, I feel that it's important because there might be somebody listening in tonight that feels that they would maybe like to, you know, join in with prayer. Um, and you are meeting on Monday evening at 7pm and you can come in via the coffee shop. Um, on, and there'll be a link on the, the website as well um, if you want to come in and join our wee half hour prayer group. Um, if you feel that you don't want to say anything, you don't need to say anything, but you can just come in and, and be Nod. part of the prayer community, you know, so that would be really good. I think this week as well, this week we've got the coffee shop. This will be the last coffee shop before Christmas. Um, but then we start back up again in January. So it's Thursday evening at uh, 9pm. And I think Jim's got the Friday Jam on next And, and also Jack's got, uh, Jack's got the book, book clubs book running. Club. Uh -huh. Book clubs are worth going into. Uh, some really good things there Jack's doing there. Thursday afternoon at 3. Thursday afternoon. So listen, there's lots on this week. And uh, the writer next week is... It's going to struggle to to be able to keep up with the the brilliance of you, Lily. So uh, I think it's the uh, it's the old guy this week. So <laughs> <laughs> and, and on your throat, Bogle. I know. And you know what the theme is? The open mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I maybe I could keep my mouth closed. Sometimes it would be better. <laughs> The open mouth stories in the Bible. So there you go. Think about that. And so listen, guys, thank you for being with us tonight. It's been great having you with us. And uh, look forward to meeting you up next Friday night at the same time. But have a good weekend, meanwhile. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.